This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. When did you first start to dislike, or if you just want to go all the way and say hate, the Philadelphia Eagles want to hear from you on Twitch, on YouTube, on the truckwreck.com text line 877-881-1053. Quarterback news for you. Zach Wilson, Corey, as you brought up, is getting the start for the Jets, and Robert Sala had to lie and say he's fired up. And then <laughs> Josh Dobbs, that is my own editorial opinion. He had to lie. And Josh Dobbs is going to get the start for the Minnesota Vikings. So there is some quarterback updates for you. Your face, Mike. You said it would never happen. It's fine. Like, Zach's, Zach's career is over after this year. You think so? I asked that Out question. of the NFL? I asked the question, is Zach Wilson in the <laughs> NFL next year? I, say I heard yes. that as a statement, uh, yeah. but I will no, say. Uh, my statement is yes, but I'm now asking the question. I think he'll be in the NFL, but like. With the Jets? No. Corey, now your opinion. Uh, probably not with the Jets after this, especially like if. I don't think they've done anything to help him, but he also has underperformed when he's gotten the opportunities. So I, uh, I say that, yeah, he's somewhere else, but not as a starter. Okay. Now, the Cowboys and Eagles play Sunday night, and you can hear that game right here on 105.3 The Fan. When did you start disliking or hating the Philadelphia Eagles? Kevin, there are... Fake Neil. What's that? Fake Neil. Fake Neil. Explain that story for those who don't remember. In 1987, Buddy Ryan, piece of dump, is the quarterback, or sorry, is the head coach, (laughs) Randall Cunningham. (laughs) Randall Cunningham is the fake Neiler, but... They're destroying the Cowboys. The Cowboys are miserable. By 1987, Tom Landry can't figure out talent, is keeping old guys around who can't play anymore. They can't find a quarterback after Danny White. And Philadelphia's won the game. There's less than a minute to go. They're kneeling out the clock. The game is decided. It's over. The Cowboys have lost. The Cowboys' defense is just standing there waiting for the two to three kneel downs to end the game. And Buddy Ryan calls in fake kneel it. And I can't remember the receiver. I don't know if it's Mike Quick or not, but just run. They're probably on the Cowboys 22 yard line, I'm guessing. It's not like a bomb, but it's like fake kneel it. All the Cowboys will think we're kneeling out the clock because we are. The game is over and you go run and get another touchdown on them. I mean, that's just Buddy Ryan. That's what I hated when his, I really did. I hated when his son was part of the Cowboys staff, like in a weird way. I know his son had nothing to do with it, but I thought Buddy Ryan was such a trashy person. Oh, yeah, man. That I was just like, I don't want his son being part of this. Did you read newspapers back then, too? Like, was was that how you consumed things Uh, or was that just something you saw on TV? 
the kneel down? No, no, the the like the stuff. Any other stuff regarding Buddy Ryan was was there other stuff that you'd read about it, or was it stories? Just watching him, he's just a D one. Because it was my dad. I, I remember my dad was just yeah. like he hated him too, and I was like, wow. And then I look back, and I know the newspapers weren't too kind around here regarding him, of course. So the media in that way was like, nah, he doesn't he doesn't matter. So I got a lot of that from my dad back then. He just he didn't really respect anybody. I don't know who he respected. He punched I mean when he was on the Oilers he punched a coach in the ear hole. Did he punch Ditka too? And Ditka was the head coach. They got in a fight on the sideline, right? I don't remember that, but that could have happened too. I've heard too. that story. I didn't know if that happened on the field or like behind the scenes. I think there's video. Yeah, there's video. Oh, uh man. no, I don't know. I'll go look. I also just watched the fake kneel down play, and where uh, were were they? They were they close were, to scoring, right? It wasn't lo- a long pass, was no, it? No, they were at about they were at the thirty three. Okay, yeah, I just remember watching that with like my grandpa and uncles and my my fa- my father, and they were just like, "What a piece of ass!" Yeah, I mean, I, he is. I mean, Buddy Ryan, I've. He's, he was a piece of ass. Uh, I have lots of different uh, opinions rolling in on Twitter right now. Okay. The McNabb era. I think that's when I really started to grow a hatred for them okay. because, like, I always kind of didn't like them, but that's probably where I was paying most attention to football and started that idea. And it was tough to beat that team, man. They were a really good team. Uh, Armin Williams uh, tweeted me and said, I was born this way. And that's there are two <laughs> there are two uh, answers that stand out the most. A, at birth, I was born into it, probably before I was born. And then the other answer is Michael Irvin. And the Michael Irvin moment when that team when that fan base started cheering and thinking that that dude was paralyzed or even worse. And that's what it is. For me, the fifth game of the 1999 season, although Bounty Bowl, I'm sure, will come up for plenty of people, but Michael Irvin tackled by, was it Tim Hawk, Hawk, and headfirst into the turf. Hudson Hawk. He, I don't know how many people know that reference, is he suffered non-life-threatening injuries, but it was a spine injury. He was carted off the field, and the Trash Eagles fans were stoked that maybe he was paralyzed. Don't know. Yeah. But they were stoked that he was really, really hurt. Yeah, that's – and you hear Michael Irvin talk about those things, and you never – like, was the ESPN, the thumbs up, Kevin, was that time where you were like – you saw that, and you're like, okay, he's okay. Yeah. And that's, like, all you're waiting on. And Michael Irvin has even said a number of times – you don't realize how important that thumbs up until is until you're laying there and you know you like I am okay. I need to give everybody that nod. Have you ever heard his explanation? I guess maybe I had before. I just didn't remember it about why he never got really mad at the Philly fans for that. No, please explain. Is he said, "I remember my dad, and a lot of those fans are just like my dad. It's the only place and the only time their opinion counts. The only way their voice they can voice their disappointment, and I can't have a problem with that. So, like, I get what he's saying. It also feels kind of like a burn, which I appreciate, but he's like, that's the only time your voice and opinion matters, and so knock it out because he said his dad was like that. Yeah, and and to that point, that's whenever that discussion of now our our fan appoints and opinions are, I don't like the way that you did that, and, I mean, hopefully my team can go show your team up the next time they face off against each other. 
from the 817. I've hated them since, let's just say, before they were born. That's what that's what we're going to shorten oh, it down Kevin, to. Kevin, again, that is when somebody said uh, it was a buddy of mine on Twitter says it was probably while watching The Big Lebowski. And there's the line. And he said, man, come on. I had a rough night and I hate the effing Eagles, man. <laughs> I get it. Is that it? Is that the moment for you? I no, I'm going to stick with Irvin, <laughs> but I like it when pop culture also feels yes. like, hey, these people are trash. It's funny how you remember things and then they're not exactly true. I didn't know it was a pass interference in the end zone because did you watch it? Yeah. So it was too Mike Quick. It was a pass interference, Good for the and then DB for staying. Yeah, with them. they actually, and then with two seconds to go, up thirty to twenty on the one yard line, they run. Uh, I think it's Eric Byers. I can't remember what his first name was, but uh, Keith. Keith Byers, thank you. Piece did, of dump. Uh, ran it into the end zone. Did you see the video? And did his dance. Hey, look, man, 37 to 20, game over. Have you seen the video <laughs> of the Niners fans walking into the Eagles yes. stadium? And how, yes. like, it's just, it's one of those things where every step you take, there's two to three different Eagles fans flipping you off, yelling at you about how you're the worst, cussing at you, and it feels like threat, and you're just kind of walking through it all with the shame bell. You know, yeah. the whole time yeah, you're, yeah. you're naked and you're walking yeah, through with the shame bell. Well, and that's the feel. And that's, I don't think every stadium's like that. Every place is no. like that where you have that kind of feeling of, these people are the worst. Okay, well, think about this. That then. little Be- kid just flipped me off. Well, man, I did think that was a baller move. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Like, that kid's a jerk, but I thought it was kind of funny. Is this makes sense then? Because when I first read it, I was like, no way. And then I thought, I definitely believe that happened. I started hating the Eagles from the 214 when one of them stole the baby out of my wife's arms. I what? hate the Eagles. What happened after that? I mean, I hope Did you get your child back? I hope they're like, oh, we're just messing yeah, around. Yeah, I need to know more okay, about that fair, because fair, fair. I uh I will I will say that the fans are the one of the main factors and that I'm seeing too is it's the fans. But this Sirianni group is something I don't like either. Like his his whole persona. He did get you know, he corrected his jaundice from last year. He got under the sun and the lamps and everything. So he's not as jaundiced this year as last year. But this is a dude, and I will say, I do wonder, if he was your coach, would you feel different about him? I think so. Or does the personality rub you the wrong way? Because his whole, like, I'm the most passionate dude in the entire place. I'm Pete Carroll times 20, but I'm also with the feet, the, the Eagles is one of those things that I just, I'm like, oh, my God, dude, give it up. But they're good. And so he walks around with that swagger, and the players love it too. A.J. Brown's talked about that. He's like, I love the way he acts around things because it gets us all fired up for stuff too. Have we? Did I miss it? Because I was f- trying to find the – has anybody brought up the Bounty Bowl of 89? Yeah, I haven't actually because we just mentioned that might be a possibility, you know. But that, was, that also ex- – that like extended it. So yeah. then two years after the fake Neil, then he tries to end. Then Buddy Ryan thinks, you know what would be cool? Let's try to end the life of Troy Aikman. And also, I think it's Zendejas was the kicker at the time. Like, dude, wouldn't it be awesome if Troy Aikman got killed today and never lived another day in his life and then we did the same thing to their kicker? That would be fun. And Like, what a piece of dump. Interestingly enough, I haven't really seen that on the fan text a lot because it's been since birth and then other people have taken non- only Cowboys incidents because they're like, sure, Michael Irvin, but also we've seen the the snowballs packed with batteries, booing Santa Claus. And so there's even some incidents that don't revolve directly around the Cowboys that have gotten people 
to hate the Philadelphia Eagles, but a lot of them have said since birth. The uh, from the eight one seven, I prefer the Landry persona, stoic superiority. Like he knew he was better than you, and he would just kind of acknowledge it with a head nod. With this exception of one game from the nine one eight, I hated them in nineteen eighty one when they made us wear the blue jinx jersey in the NFC Championship game because they were scared. And so we've seen it. Somebody said I've hated them since the seventies. I I never I never got it. Like I never understood. I under, I saw Philly fans from afar, but Kevin, when we went down to when we went over to Arizona for the Super Bowl this year, I walked out of our convention center and immediately got lost. And I think I, you remember this, Kevin. I yeah. called you and I was like, I don't yes. know. I've been walking for fifteen minutes. I don't know where I'm going. But on that walk, I was behind six do, uh, Eagle Bros. All right, and they you could see it. It's weird, isn't it? Because they're like dogs. They sniff each other's butts, (laughs) lick each other in places. Yes, and you can see the way that when people walk by them, the way that if we win the Super Bowl, we're really going to eat a pile of turds. (laughs) I mean, they did punch a horse in the face. They punched a horse. Are we that far off from that? The way they catcalled people as they were walking by and stuff, I was like, these guys are the worst. Now, you know what I've realized? I guess I didn't realize everyone felt this way. You even bringing up Sirianni has restarted the new phase of hate is <laughs> from the 203. Nick Sirianni has the most punchable face in sports from the 817. He is definitely a douchebag from the 425. Same phrase. I can't stand him flapping his stupid arms all over the sidelines. It's like sometimes he does think he's an eagle, and he's like, let me see if I can fly away during the game. What's weird, though, is as much as we're talking a little bit of trash and hating on the Eagles, they hate the Cowboys and their fans way more. And I mean way Mm -hmm. more than we ever would. Yeah, no, that's absolutely true, man. And in a weird way, I would love to ask this to an Eagles fan. Besides winning in the 70s and 90s, what have the Cowboys done really bad? Like, we've never had a Buddy Ryan, like, let's let's really embarrass Hurt somebody, this. fake Neil, right. like it's, cheer somebody's debilitating career-ending injury. Yeah. I mean, you could say this. There is one time where the Cowboys did something pretty dirty, a little bit unintentional, in an Eagles-Cowboys situation. And that was Roy Williams broke T.O.'s leg. Now, he didn't mean – it was that horse collar tackle, yep. and they obviously had to outlaw that pretty much after that play. The next year, they're like, we can't do this because T.O. was the best receiver in the game at the time. The Eagles were one of the best teams. So that was a moment where the Cowboys really affected the Eagles. And in a negative – sure, in a way, you could say, in a way, a dirty way. But if- that was part of the rules back then that you could do that, and that's the way Roy Williams tackled. And if that was the origin story for all Eagles fans hate, then I would be like, sure, I get it. This is interesting, though. I think you guys will get a kick out of this. Uh, From the 469, these are two different people. I was born in 1995. I've hated the Eagles since 1977. And then from the 817, I've hated the Eagles since 1985, and I was born in 1992. The math only works with the Eagles. There's multiple people who felt that exact same way. Yeah, that's the way it goes, man. For the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, if you could see any historical team from one game in person, 
Who would it be? 877-881-1053. Let us know. Plus, Mike likes it and the practice suite giveaway. All part of the Expressway next on The Fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hurry up the floor. Douglas across the timeline. Stops. And an offensive foul on Sherman Douglas. They're going to walk away from here with 70 wins. Pippen holds the ball in the backcourt as it kicks down. They have Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan, where we have piqued the interest of Mike Bassett. Dude, and was hopefully... he playing with Derek Coleman and Ronnie Cycli at Syracuse? Now you heard that was an NBA game. How did I? I just remembered as a kid. I could remember so many college basketball could, players yeah. and where they played, and I, I can't Douglas remember. going to be awesome. Doodly squat of college basketball now. So. I was having a conversation with an excellent Tolo who's very supportive of my possibilities. If you could see any historical team for one game in person, who would it be? Now, don't get this wrong. I don't mean you're like, I want to see the Wilt Chamberlain 100-point game. I just mean your regular run-of-the-mill game, but you want to see, hey, what makes this team so amazing? We've already got quite a bit of feedback from the 469. The 1988 Los Angeles Dodgers, because Oral Hershiser was the best. From the 469, the 1991 Pittsburgh Penguins, Mario and Company. I want to, from the 469, hey, Kevin, one historic team I could see in person, probably any of the Jordan Bulls teams. Now, I specifically, we pulled that clip, thank you very much, Alec, from the 95-96 Chicago Bulls, who set the record right there with 70 wins. They would go on to win 72 regular season games on their way to the NBA title. So I want to throw this out for the people who are naming those teams in the 80s and 90s. I wanted to go way back in time because literally I can go to YouTube or you can go to Dodgers history or you can go to Bulls history. You can see all of those games. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can see you think it hundreds would... and thousands of Jordan highlights in that year. And same thing with the Penguins and the Dodgers. Like, I feel like technology has you covered. I get going to it and everything. That's but what I was going to ask you. This is where I'm at. I can never see the 1927 New York Yankees. Let's go to cut number six. You had your murderer's row of Ruth, Garrick, Lazeri, Coombs, and Musel. And these guys were a terror. And Babe Ruth was batting seventh, according to no, baseball reference. No, I told you, I think that was for positional purposes, yes. not... He had 60 home runs that year, and I think Garrick had 41. He had 47. 47. So, Still had a line in it. I think this is fascinating. That is also my answer. That is also... Corey's. I've changed my oh, answer since. Okay, hold on. We're going to get to your answer. Because I kind of figured y'all would throw that out. So. We're going to get to your answer in just a second. But you've always heard 
Oh, well, it's not like they're the 27 Yankees. Yeah. And you've heard murderers row. Yeah. The pitching coach for the Texas Rangers, uh, when my dad pitched, Billy Martin was the manager. And Billy would get ticked off if you weren't throwing strikes. And the pitching coach would have to go out there and tell all the pitchers that Babe Ruth died over 40 years ago. Throw the ball over the plate. Billy's (laughs) getting pissed. So, with that in mind. Or he would tell Gaylord Perry, stop screwing around and throw your spitball. I'm tired of you throwing your regular pitches. It's really weird when I, I hope this makes sense. I couldn't find any audio of 1927 Yankees games. But there is video, not games, right. but there is video highlights here and there. Yeah, in super fast motion, because yes. Babe Ruth's feet did not move that fast. I agree with you there. But here's some of the numbers from that team. Truly incredible. Is Lou Gehrig that year, he hit 373 with 47 home runs and 173 RBIs. At the time, I believe... That was the record. Or it was a it was the most ever for the New York Yankees. Yeah. Babe Ruth hit 356 with 60 home runs, a record, and 150 165 RBIs. We talk about OPS, their respective OPSs. 1.240 and 1.258. Unless you think yeah. those are the only two. Earl Combs hit. 356 that year. Oh, Earl Honeycombs. I jump, maybe. I have no clue if that's his nickname, but that would be a good one. I I just or think maybe Coombs. And yeah. the other thing too is let's say we we're watching that, Kevin, together, and we we have seen baseball from 1985 to sure. 2023. What how would we look at that sport to we have no we don't have there wasn't television back right. then for the most part. So you don't really have like, hey, go back and watch all of these games and see how different the game looked. And the we stadium don't have it. the stadium looks small. I don't mean dimensionally for the outfield. I just mean it looked like the fans were like right on top of you. Yeah. And it didn't go like the fans and didn't go that far. How back. weird would we look wearing t shirts and shorts at the game have, instead like, of suit our suit on. and tie? Yeah, that's a good point. That team. And well, and you're going in as media, so you would have to have that little press tag in your fedora. Okay, that part I'm in on. Uh-huh. I'm definitely in on that. Is <laughs> and I, go, I don't write. I just do sports talk. Right? <laughs> and they're like, what, what the like, hell are you talking about? What? <laughs> that sounds like the bee's knees. Is that team had nine Hall of Famers. Six, Name one. Six, Babe Ruth. Okay. I almost made the mistake of naming multiple. Six Hall of Fame players, a Hall of Fame manager, Two Hall of Fame front office members. So just that team that wow. year had nine Hall of Famers. They won 110 games and only lost 44. So this is with the condensed schedule. So the 1927 New York Yankees make a lot of sense to me. Let me read a couple more, and then I'm going to get to yours, Corey. From the 469, the 1988 Showtime Lakers. From the 940, the original Dream Team. I know you could have watched it, but I would have wanted to be there to see it in person. And so... I understand your point for sure, Mike, about being able to watch it. But some people have said, hey, I just really wish I could be there in person I understand. to experience it was, the greatness. I was lucky enough to go to two Jordan games. 88, I went to the Green Arena, and I believe 91 or 92. The problem with 91-92 is they were so good and the Mavs were so bad. Yep. Jordan probably played 20 minutes and they won by 74 points. So it was that one wasn't as good. I can also remember too, like one of the things that I would throw out there in person 
is when Shaquille O'Neal entered the NBA, I remember getting to go to one of the early Orlando Magic games at Reunion Arena. Okay. He was a human being that I'd never seen in my life. I was lucky enough that my grandparents had season tickets yep. to the Mavs. It's amazing if you think of it. Seven rows from the court behind the basket. A ticket was $38 to $42 uh, face value. Wow. That's in the 80s pretty much. And so they had season tickets. So I got to see, I was lucky to see every great player in the 80s and early 90s life. And I remember when Shaquille O'Neal came out for the Orlando Magic, one of his first, let's say, three years, Patrick Ewing, David Robinson, Robert Parrish, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, nobody looked like that human. You're like, this is a freak of nature. Nobody looks like this. That He's Carl Malone, except five inches taller and as big and runs better than Carl Malone. You're just like... This doesn't make sense. This is a freak of a human being. And so that was really cool to get to see one time in person uh, early on in his career. Somebody said, and I, I didn't really think about this at all, the 1985 Edmonton Oilers. So that team had, you might remember this name, Andy Moog on it. And he was behind, or Grant Fuhrer was part of it, Mark Messier, Wayne Gretzky, Paul Coffey, like that, Yari Curry. That team was a monster. They won the Stanley Cup and lost three games in the playoffs total. And obviously, we're talking like peak, unstoppable to the world, Wayne Gretzky. But that's an interesting answer right there. Corey, you said you pivoted. What do you got? Well, a couple things real quick, Kevin. One, Yadier Molina has just been named special assistant to the president for the Cardinals, so he's back with the Cardinals organization. Free money. Two, we didn't think about this well enough. Dak called plays on the sideline during a preseason game this year. So if now that we know the Mike McCarthy situation with his appendix, if he's not there, Dak Dak. Dak's got this, right? All right, so – I've seen a lot of these 2023 Texas Rangers answers, and I love it because <laughs> I, I want to go like back and watch too. that too. It was so much fun. I, w- I don't think I've ever experienced such great joy from a series. I know like we've we experienced the 2011, and it happened, and it was fun because that playoff run was a blast. But the joy that this – anyway, that's can not you, the one for Corey, me. Corey, can you imagine if you could go back in time and tell yourself before Game 7 of the ALCS, you're like, hey – just take a deep breath. It's going to be okay. We're going to whip their ass all game long. Yes, but I probably wouldn't have loved it as much if I'd have told myself. I probably Ooh, would have been like, damn okay. it, why'd you tell me okay. this? I probably Spoiler. would. Yeah, okay. but it was so much fun to whoop their asses like that. But the answer I have is the 1972 Miami Dolphins. Ooh, that's a good answer. Because everybody says you can't win them all. But they did. Right. And so they're the they're the exception in in professional sports is they did. And they're the only ones that have ever done it. Why were they that much better? What was it about them that they were a perfect football team and they got to do that? So I don't know if I'm gonna get that from one game. I might have to yeah. watch a few a few games from them, but I do want to see them play and and Mike, I wasn't alive to watch them play, and whatever footage they have, like I don't know what I'm gonna get from that. But I wanna yeah. see that live and watch what per- perfect football was. So go. I would say you can go back and watch them. I never have because yeah. they're not my team. I've gone back and watched Cowboys games yeah, in the you 70s. Have, yeah. It looks like a different sport. Does it? It, it does. Uh, 
and look, I'm not trying to take anything away from Terry Bradshaw or Roger Staubach, but it is a total, like you're watching a really different sport. It looks slower. There's a lot of handing off. Yeah. There's pads. There's, there's just, I'm not saying it's bad, but I can see why football wasn't as popular as others. Like now it is 10 times more popular. But they have definitely put in a lot of rules, and the way the game is played is a lot more appealing to the eye than watching literally wide receivers lining up in the three-point stance. And you're like, what the (laughs) hell are they doing? And Kevin's even right, too. When you say a lot more appealing to the eye, just the whole way that these dudes wear their uniforms is different now and looks cool. They look cooler now. Now, it could you be also for... see how small the linemen are, too. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's two, the, 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 say, I'm just assuming the center's probably 230 to 240 pounds. <laughs> uh, no, Mark Stepnowski wasn't a 300-pound man. No, but but I'm even talking center. like 70s, right? Yeah. Your, your tackles are 250. Like, Jim Brown running, when you see Jim Brown highlights, he's bigger than his offensive linemen. Yeah. So, that's, that's where... That's where I kind of want to put my eyeballs. Just be- and it goes to the the idea, the concept. Because Mike, do you think that team would be perfect in today's NFL? The seventy two Dolphins. Yeah. No, they would lose every game. <laughs> <laughs> even even to the. Giants? I'm actually that's yes, interesting because okay. the size difference yeah. and the speed difference. It just it's a totally different. It's in a weird way you can't compare football. Like, I, I'm with you. Like you kind of can compare like twenty year segments. I think. But if you go back to really Troy Aikman's days, you cannot compare Troy Aikman's games to the way the sport is played today. And you can't really compare Troy Aikman too much. It gets closer, but it's tough to compare Troy Aikman, the way they played football, to the way Roger Staubach played football. It's it just like football is not a comparable sport through the eras. And that's where my mind is, is trying to just trying to see what it was. What did they do different that made them perfect that year? Now, from the 972-95 Cowboys, 1977 Cowboys to be able to see Captain America play would be amazing. The 1975 Pittsburgh Steelers, boo, you would potentially see the Cowboys that season. Unfortunately, it didn't turn out their way in the Super Bowl. I wanted to see what you thought about this. The person who I talked, the Tolo I talked with to start this, his answer was the 1945 Kansas City Monarchs team that had Jackie Robinson and Satchel Paige. Now you're talking about something that you're not going to be able to access. Well, hell, they even have a tough time accessing statistics. Like, I always forget the guy's name that we've had on. He's great for the, uh, uh, for the baseball museum. Negro Leagues Absolutely. Hall of Fame. The Negro Hall of Fame in Kansas City. That's amazing. I haven't been there before. Yeah, We've had him either. on before, but he took years upon years to find. Hendrick? Yes, to find all of the statistics so they could put together an accurate uh, description of the stats that you'd have in 1945 for the Monarchs or. Bob Kendrick. Yes. Thank you. From the. How about this? Since you just mentioned this. Right there. Yeah. I'm just looking because I was trying to look up Cy Young. I we have the okay. Cy Young Award in 1892 playing for the Cleveland Spiders. I'd have to sit through the other games, but he threw 49 games, 48 complete games, went 36 and 12 with a 193 ERA in 453 innings. <laughs> oh my God. So I just well, like, how what? hold on. 453 innings. Oh, yeah. I guess you said almost everyone was a complete game. What happened in that what non complete game? I don't know. Did he get arm soreness? Like, 
how are you doing this? Do you, and you know, like if you told him, hey, guess what? Now, this is amazing too. In 453 innings, if you like strikeouts, how many strikeouts do you think in 1892? I think I know the answer, Corey. 480. Is it 511? 168. Oh, my God. I thought... 453 innings and 168 strikeouts. So maybe it wouldn't be impressive. Maybe like, all he's doing is getting ground balls all the time. <laughs> to those weird gloves. God. Yeah, like, ground balls back to the pitcher all day. Ugh. And he didn't win stink. any Cy Youngs either. He's like Nolan Ryan. <laughs> but whenever they hit one to center field, <laughs> it could take two days to, get, to retrieve that ball, right? That's true. Was it the polo just grounds? <laughs> just the thing just kept going I don't farther. know where they played in Cleveland. Was it Municipal Stadium built by then? From the, the mistake by the lake. From the 425, it's got to be the 27 Yankees. I don't know how you pick anything else. That was what several of us picked, so I'm with you there. The 1947 Brooklyn Dodgers for Jackie Robinson's rookie year. I think that's one of the things that makes the Monarchs team so intriguing. That was, that was a great answer. It, yeah. I never thought of that. Because you still get Jackie Robinson only two years before his major league debut, and you get Satchel Paige as part of that team. That's pretty amazing. I'm assuming like you would see Josh Gibson play them too. Like you'd get to see kind of some of the other other greats. I know reading yeah. Willie Mays' book, he was not playing in that league in '45, so you wouldn't see him or Ernie Banks or Hank Aaron. But I'd have to go back and Surely look and see. You would see some yeah everyday people. What year was that for, for Cleveland games. again? Mike? 1892. Okay, that was League Park and Kevin. Confirm with me. You hit that thing to center field. What the hell? Is that center field like 585 feet? It's going to take forever. I didn't know, Mike. Oh, I really yeah. didn't. I was talking about the polo grounds. but Because they picture, probably used it as a football stadium, yeah, they probably too, did. or rugby, or whatever. League park. Holy moly. That's pretty amazing right there. So, some excellent. And then, you know, this one is interesting. Think those people didn't even know what San Francisco was yet. <laughs> Don't get... The gold rush. It was in 1949. Yeah. No, that is not when that happened. not when that happened. Is the Black Sox team from? Oh yeah, that'd 19, be cool. Was it 1919? They I said 1918. So. I thought it was 19. Shoeless Joe. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I want to watch. I do want to watch that to see if he ever really threw a game. If he ever really did. Would you, would you be the decider? Would you analyze the season and then go to the playoffs? I would, and be like, I would come back. No, I would come back nowadays, and I would be like. We got to change this, guys. I went back to the future. Hey, do you know that somebody, as they're like scrounging around fixing games for a hundred bucks a piece, we're like, hey, guess what? Where I come from, there's a player that's about to get $600 million <laughs> to play baseball for like 12 years. And I would love to see. They tell me to get out of town, and they're just Jeepers, like, creepers. <laughs> are you, you imagine serious? the owners? There's not even that much money in the world. You think the owners would sell those teams as much as they did back then, going, hey, guess what? Even the crappy teams are worth a billion dollars. And the Not. New York Yankees that you think are worth a lot, they're going to be worth like $7 billion <laughs> in 2023. Must have sold Babe Ruth. And you're like, no, there, there's a lot of other complicated things. Now, we got Mike Gas Lexton. prices will be back to like, like $279. The United States of America isn't worth a billion dollars. I would love to see Mike in the past. <laughs> but a pack of bacon just is like $24. Just explaining things to people. <laughs> now. I don't know if people are free on December 20th or not, but what if you and a guest could take Land a tour of the, of the star, get a catered lunch, have the opportunity to check out the Cowboys practice because it's an opportunity you can't buy, but you could win it. 
Now? Let's get something away! 877-881-1053. Caller number 10 now. will win that very experience. You've heard it on Sean and RJ. They're going to do the giveaway again on G-Bag Nation today. But this is your opportunity. That once-in-a-lifetime practice experience can't be bought, can be won right here on 105.3 The Fan. Now, it's time for Mike Likes It. All right, let's start off with something we haven't talked about, and they haven't played in a while. The Dallas Mavericks play tonight at home against the Utah Jazz. And the last game they played, it was arguably the craziest game in Mavericks history. I think, I wonder if you would put that Lakers fourth quarter game up against there, but yeah. I... You That's make when a they great were point. up by a lot, yeah. but didn't come. Because you went on a 30-0 run in you the fourth lost. quarter and lost. I was there for the Toronto game where they came back from like 28 down, but they ended up winning that game. Yeah. And so the loss part is what makes it wild. Yeah. So this, I know this is weird. This needs to be a win for the Dallas Mavericks. Is they are now 11-8. Yeah. and eight. That's not a bad record. I mean, there's sure. you're only 19 games in, and... It's, it's not crazy time or anything to panic, but you look at your next three games. After that, you play Friday at Portland. They are a rebuilding team. And then you play Monday at Memphis. Then the schedule gets a little bit harder from there. But the Mavericks, we've talked about it a little bit, but just looking at tonight's game, you need to start taking care of business of these teams that on paper you are better than. Because if you don't, you don't look like you're going to be able to beat the good teams. At this point, you can't really beat Denver. You can't beat Oak City. I December 14th, you do play home against Minnesota. We'll see if Minnesota keeps playing that well. But if Minnesota beats you in that game, you're just going to kind of look at it and go, guys, I... You better just beat all the bad teams to make yeah, the playoffs because yeah. it's not looking like you can really beat the teams that are considered top four teams in the West or top four teams uh, in the East. So it'll be interesting to see. I'm assuming Kyrie just sat out because of load management. I believe that is correct. And so they've played 19 games. Let's say he plays tonight. That would be he sat out four of the 20 games. So if you just do that through an 80-game season, I know there's 82. Put pace for 64 games. Would you guys be happy with that? If yes. Kyrie played 64 games, would you say that is a hell of a season? Yes, for sure. Absolutely. Get the, that opportunity to watch that, watch that player is the, what I'm paying my money for, right? And I understand the people who would say, no, you still missed 16 to 18 games. But I, I'm going to say yes. Okay. Can the Mavs win... If Kyrie doesn't have an injury and Luca doesn't have an injury, they just load manage him. Luca had to miss a game because of the birth of his baby girl. But let's say Luca, because they do load manage him, let's just say they sit him out five games. He sat out one. He sits out four more games, but doesn't get hurt. They're just kind of, hey, this is the third game in four nights, whatever. We're giving you a night off. Your hip's bugging you a little bit, whatever. Do you think the Mavs can get to 50 wins if Kyrie misses 16 games and Luca misses five? Because that would be missing the least amount of games possible for both of those guys. Um, I don't think so. Just because they're going to lose a few games. Yeah. Even when both of them are on the court together. Yeah. They're, I they're think still they can lose get some. close. Yeah. Okay. But I see that peaking out around maybe 46 to 48. I don't, I don't 
but I don't have them pegged as a 50-win team. I got you. I said 42 and 40 to start yeah. the year, and then I thought I was wrong when they got off to the 8 and 2 start. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm hoping I'm wrong. I'm hoping they are close to 50 wins, but after these last nine games, I'm like, yeah, they're probably going to be a hair over 500, hopefully more than I think. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of where I am. Real quick, I know Omax Prosper isn't playing at all. Nico said he would reevaluate the team after 20 games and kind of look at what he could possibly do to help improve it where their weaknesses are. Would you already be willing to start throwing out the name Omax Prosper to teams to try to get like an okay backup center forward? Or are you just kind of more in like, let's just develop this team. Who cares if we win a lot or not this year? I am firmly in category number two. I understand with the stars that you have why that might not be the route they want to go. I'm in category two on that all the way. I want to keep him around. I'll, I'll figure out how to get him into games at some point. He's I, I know he's older young, but he's young, and I'll try and figure out how to do that. All right, so here's my next question based off of that. If you had to trade a player today to get a decent big man, White Powell. would you rather trade? Oh, nobody wants him. Okay. Would you rather trade Omax Prosper, who you have no clue if he's ever yeah. going to work out or be anything, or trade the person who's disappointed the Mavericks the most in this season, Josh Green? Oh, that's interesting. Um, did we just get a new contract for Josh Green? Yeah. He can't be traded till January 15th, I believe, is the date he can be traded. I'm not 100% sure on that, but I think I'm right on that. I'll... I- I think I feel like I know what Josh Green is. And if I can convert a big man in from that, I would do it in a heartbeat. All right. To add to this team, because I think Omax can give me the defensive presence and fill that void. And then I can move on there, but have a big body to help whenever Derek Lively's out. And we don't have to see Dwight Powell. I think I would I would agree with Josh. Okay. So we were talking about the teams I'm moving on from the Dallas Mavericks, but you know, I'll be tuning in tonight to to see how they do. Um, the stars need to win tonight too, right? Oh crap! Yeah, like like that's a team. I need that... to get on my stars game. Wait a second here. Six. They're obviously on the road. Yeah, so they go at six. Mavs at seven thirty, I believe. So Ooh, that's decent. you have an opportunity, especially if you DVR the Mavs game, where you could probably knock it all okay. out just fine. Who are the stars playing? The uh, Panthers. Okay, not Duncanville. No, the. Carolina Panthers. I think you should have said. I think you should have said yes. Carolina Panthers. They're not. They're not playing the Duncanville Panthers. Huh? They're not playing the Carolina Panthers. What about playing either. the East. Hey. No, it's the Florida Panthers. My kid played the Carter Cowboys yesterday in ninth grade basketball and got their arses kicked. Yeah. They found out what real basketball. Like, like, yeah, this is real basketball. I was like, this is what I played at Duncanville. You need to figure out how this basketball fast works. physical. Ooh. Yes. Skill in, in your yeah. face. Your yeah, kid? yeah, yeah. In, that... in your face, Bishop Lynch. Yeah, his kid got dunked on by his dad. Didn't get dunked on. Well, but... emotionally. In I told words. I told my son, I said, as a unit, as a team, do you know how scared I am to ski? Like, you guys laugh at me and make fun of me because of – it's pure fear, right? It's really not that bad, but in my mind, I'm so scared once I got off that lift to be like, I can't do this. This looks like straight downhill. And I know it was the bunny slope. It looked straight downhill to me. I couldn't slow down. I couldn't control myself. And that's what those boys looked out in the okay. on the basketball court. And I said, you just have to – in a way – it's not easy, but you have to get over your fear of 
like after the first minute, it was literally one minute. It was seven to zero, and the Carter Carter ninth. I, I stayed and watched most of the JV. It was a very competitive Bishop Lynch Carter uh, varsity game. It was fifty to forty five, I think. Final score Carter won that one, but. It was kind of like, you'll get over it, but right now there was definitely a fear of like, dude, they know what they're doing. They're moving the ball. They're playing fast. They're they're physical. They're a little bit intimidating, and it was like after three minutes of that basketball game, there were seven or eight Bishop Lynch basketball players on the team and said, I want nothing to do with this. Um, okay. Now, when it comes to um, Cy Young, he only lived, I don't know, 70 to 90 We're back years. to Cy Young the person, right? Cy Young okay. the person. Uh-huh. But I was wondering, Corey and Kevin, mm-hmm. if you were one of the first humans on Earth and you lived to be 900 years old, <laughs> how many kids do you think you and your wife would have? I'm going, all right, 900 years. Oh my are my God. kids living long too or are they dying? No, they're living okay. approximately 900 years. All right. Then I'm thinking. I think. I'm probably having 20 over the 900 year span because there's gonna. I want to spend a lot of time with my wife. All right. And I know how tough it is to raise the three I got right now. That's a stressful part of the life. So I think after a while I'll be like, you know what? I want another kid. And then I'll probably space them out differently. Like, I'll probably have, be like, you know what? This year or this next uh, 50 years, I'm going to be a one kid dad. And then this next 50 years, I'm going to be a two kid dad going back to having one kid. We are going to have approximately 120 to 150 children. And here's why. My wife is the epitome of no child left behind. And when we started talking about <laughs> adoption, she would bring up these scenarios and she goes, what if? Though we we adopted somebody and they have three brothers and sisters that are in the system and they need us. She brought up scenarios like this all the time. So every 30 years, we would have four to five children because that's what she would need to happen. So approximately 120 to 150 children. I'm 46 years old right now. Just turned 46. You guys are a little bit younger than I am. 42. 44. Okay. So... Can you imagine being in your 20s for 100 years? Would that be good or bad? You'd be physically good, right? You'd be very physically fit. There's not fit. a lot of people around, though. What do you mean? So you can't be like, oh, I'm going to go to this party and that party. There's, like, not that I mean, many new people. people is what is They're happening. related to all of them. It's a tricky situation. <laughs> what was your, okay, uh, we're out of time, because I was going to ask you, what was your favorite age in life? Ooh. That's there's some five years old. We'll we'll tease that for some other day. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.